Milwaukee United Church of Christ presents Get Up and Do Not Be Afraid, the sermon by the Reverend Jean Randall Bodman, presented on Sunday, February 23rd, 2020. It's been a time for many of us in this congregation. There's been a lot of frailty and difficulty, and I keep that in my mind. I've had it in my mind and on my heart all week as I've been working with this script, the scripture and thinking about preaching to, to you and with you and thinking about all of you. This Sunday, the last, of the last Sunday before the season of Lent, our scripture reading takes us up another mountain with Jesus. And it's the same every year. The season of Lent is bracketed by two mountains. We begin on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus glowing, garments and all, with a brightness that no human hands could produce, full of glory, a foretaste of the resurrection. And we end Lent on Calvary, the Mount of Crucifixion, with Jesus abandoned by his closest friends, beaten, stripped, hanged on a cross, full of defeat and death. During Lent, we pause to ask, how shall we live our lives in the valley of ordinary life between the two mountains? Just yesterday, many of us joined Jackie Holtine's family in a service of tribute and remembrance for Jackie. It was a beautiful day. And still we ask, how do we make sense of such a vibrant, exuberant, generous life ending so soon? As I alluded to a little while ago, my own sister, my little sister, three years younger than I, had a massive heart attack on Monday afternoon. It took 20 minutes of CPR that cracked her ribs and the paddles to get her revived and stable enough to send her to the cath lab for a diagnosis. After 24 hours in a medically induced coma and surgery to place a stent, she woke up on Wednesday, confused but in a good mood. It took me an hour to get her off the phone. She is very much still herself. Every one of us has faced, is facing trials, fears, setbacks, pain, and loss. When we or our own beloved ones are touched by that pain and by tragedies of all kinds, we are reminded that anything can happen to anyone at any moment. And yet, life is so beautiful and so full of meaning. For me, this year, when there is so much anger, fear, and suspicion in our public discourse, when we as a community are so deeply aware of suffering and fragility in our midst and across our family of close connections, this year, for me, the message of the story of transfiguration is this. After Jesus was transformed right in front of Peter, James, and John, Time and space seemed to collapse, and Moses, the giver of the law, and Elijah, the most prestigious of all the ancient prophets, were suddenly there with him in conversation. 
Now, Peter, James, and John were doing pretty well up till that point. Peter even offered to make a memorial to the event. But when a sudden radiant cloud overshadowed everything and a voice spoke from that radiance, that was just too much glory for Peter and James and John, and they literally fell down on the ground in awe and fear. Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, and do not be afraid. For me, for this year, that is the message of this story. When we are in awe or fear or simply brought to a halt by life, get up and do not be afraid. A colleague of mine referred to this as the pocket summary of the Christian life. What happens after we encounter Jesus? Get up and don't be afraid. You have an active role to play in the world. Fear is taken away because you are forgiven, because Christ is raised, because God is with you. It's a message that we can and perhaps should hear in many different tones of voice. When we are faced with injustice in the world, in our own country, when we feel overwhelmed and unsure of how to help, how our local action can possibly have any effect, the voice comes clear and strong and firm. Get up and don't be afraid. No amount of work for justice is wasted. You are not obliged to fix the world, but you are called on to participate in its goodness. Get up, you are needed. Don't be afraid, you are not alone. When we are lost and wondering why we are here at all, when our kids are grown and the house seems too empty, when the desired promotion has not come and we feel undervalued in our workplaces, when our careers or work life have ended, and we wonder, what do I do now? What am I here for now? The voice comes, gayfully, gaily, joyfully, get up, you have more to do. Do not be afraid of a new direction. Every day there is some good for you to offer. When we are mired in our own bad choices, filled with shame at what we have done or what we have left undone, Jesus' voice comes gentle and loving. You have brought yourself low. I release you. Get up. Do not be afraid. I tell you, you are beloved, and you can recover and go forward. Don't be afraid to try. If you go down again, I'll be with you, still. When we are mourning, bereft of the one voice among all others that we long to hear, there it is, warm and soft and sure. Get up. Do not be afraid. Love has changed, but love is not lost, and there is more to be discovered ahead. I am with you. You are not alone. On that day on the mountain, the day of transfiguration, nothing essential about Jesus changed. 
What changed is what the disciples knew about him, what we are invited to know about him. They had known him already as a friend, a teacher, wise person, healer. Now they experienced the brightly blinding presence of the divine, declaring Jesus to be God's beloved son. Jesus was revealed to them as what he had always already been. And when they reacted in fear, he touched them and raised them up. Together they went down the mountain and together with the rest of the disciples, they went from there on their way toward Jerusalem, learning all the while what it meant to be disciples, listening to him as the voice from the radiance had instructed them. Then at the very end of Matthew's story of the life of Jesus, he tells them, what I have taught you, go out and teach others. The way I have comforted you, go out and comfort others. Don't be afraid. It's such an odd and intriguing story. Jesus proclaimed as beloved in the bright, blinding presence of the divine. The disciples awed to the very ground and raised up again. How can we hang on to this vision, ours by inheritance, here in the midst of the ordinary trials of our ordinary lives, in the grayness of a winter day? I think this story encourages us to pay attention to our own moments of radiance, moments when we have been caught up in something so beautiful or powerful or meaningful that for that moment, everything else drops away entirely. All our worries for the past, all our anxieties about the future, all our contingencies. As for me, I've hiked lots of mountains, the Adirondack Mountains of New York when I was a child, the Blue Ridge Mountains and the Rocky Mountains as an adult. But my real mountaintop moments have all happened in the lowlands, my touch points. I remember a childhood moment alone in the woods for the first time, the light pouring into a little opening, and then the sudden, exact, exquisite beauty of every leaf and twig and bird call. The world was luminous and vibrant with life. A moment later, I was in the ordinary, lovely woods, and the realization that I'd better skedaddle back to my bike and pedal hard for home or I'd be late for dinner again. It was there, and then it was gone. No matter how many times I went back to that same spot, and I did, it never happened quite that way again. It was always beautiful and a place for adventuring for me and my friends, but it never revealed itself to me in that way again. Of course, it never needed to, because I have never forgotten it. I remember the first glimpse of my son's faces on the days of their births. No, many, no matter how many hours I have spent staring at those beloved faces as they've grown and changed, I have not forgotten that first moment with each one. Of course, those moments are not replicable. But no matter how old they get, 
no matter how their faces change, freckled, sun sunburned, bearded now, still, there is an echo of that radiance I glimpsed in the first moment of our meeting when they were fresh and new. I remember a dawn kayak paddle alone on the lake, far enough away from the shore to lose the morning birdsong of the woods. The only sound, my paddles, my breath, one far off loon, gliding silently toward a tiny island slipping under the low-hanging branches of a pine tree. And directly above me, an eagle took off, close enough so that I could hear the sound of its wingbeat. We all have such moments, moments of glory when the world reveals itself in all its hidden radiance, and we know ourselves accompanied by the same light that shone in Jesus. I invite you to pause and to remember one of your moments, a place, a time, when you knew that light and felt yourself accompanied. Now, often, when the story of Jesus, Peter, James, and John on the mountain is told, we laugh at Peter. Faced with an experience of the numinous, with a vision of space and time collapsing, <clears throat> so that figures from the ancient past of his tradition stood right before him conversing with Jesus, he thought he'd build some booths. Preachers and New Testament scholars chastised Peter for his lack of understanding and his mansplainy efforts to control a situation that was really beyond his comprehension. But this year, I hear it differently. This year, I hear Peter wanting to mark the place where he encountered God in a life-changing way. We publicly mark our birthdays and our anniversaries. We publicly celebrate the holidays of our tradition. But what would it mean for us if we paid attention to the places where we encounter God, the place that you just brought to your mind? Our own places of radiance and reassurance. My places have come mostly in nature and relationship. Maybe for you it came in the moment of solving an equation, or writing or performing a piece of music or dancing. Maybe your moments of self-forgetfulness, joy, and radiant accompaniment have been in silent meditation. Wherever they have come or do come, I invite you to mark them in some way. Because they are for you in the moment, but they are also for you for your whole life, whenever you need them. Marks, mark them so that you can return to them and perhaps so that you can share them here in community, in the other communities of your life. We need each other's stories. And we need the stories of our community, of our, our moments as a community, when we have been filled with radiant awareness. We need these stories to nourish each other 
and encourage each other on the way. Because life is beautiful, but it's also hard. This Transfiguration Sunday, as we enter Lent, the voice of Jesus is for all of us who are struck down, whether by awe in a glorious place, fear in a shadowed place, or despondency in a stuck place. Get up, Jesus says to us, and do not be afraid. Amen. Listen, listen, listen.